things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. These things also we speak not in the words of man's wisdom, teaches, but what the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for the foolishness to him. Neither can we know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Amen. We pray that the blessings of the evening was worth open up our hearts to Amen well it's lovely to be with you this morning again and just uh, focus your attention on what Paul wished to say to us the key verse in this chapter is verse 5 the purpose of it is this that your faith may stand not in the wisdom of the world but in the demonstration of the spirit the messy verse and paraphrases the whole letter in three sentences. Says first of all, Paul said, "I came to let you in on God's master plan. I didn't try to impress you with me. I kept it simple. Christ in Him, Christ and Him crucified." Paul had come to Corinth from Athens, where he had been preaching at Mars Hill. And they've been there facing the conflict of the Greek philosophers and the scientists of the day and the academia of the day. What's this scoffer doing when he preached the resurrection? So he had his heart, you know, this is not the answer. <laughs> when I came to you, I kept it simple. I didn't want to get involved in the wisdom of the world and the philosophy. Could be reminded that the years we preached, I preached for 25 years at the Barland Market with the socialists on this side, the communists on that side, and Prince Modaluru, the racing tipters on the other side. When they come in, we're, when we come in, we were, we're banned, and the, the socialists said, oh, here comes the Jehovah's Jazz Band. And he was very happy because the crowd just came from him. And we preached the gospel 25 years in the back. And we're aware, you know, of all the philosophies of the world that attack it. This is you after today. So Paul, when his letter addresses it to the church at Corinth, and then he defines what church is. He says to those who are sanctified in Christ and separated, dedicated to This is the, the instruments in the tabernacle in the Old Testament were called holy and sacred, sacred, used for no other purpose than the worship of God. To be sanctified Christ, to be separated, says Abraham. To those who are sanctified in Christ, to those who call upon the name of the Lord, and those called to be saints. 
Now, you fit any of those categories, you're the judge. And the message is for you. So Paul says, when I came to you, I was anxious not to envelope you in the wisdom of this world, not to impress you with my knowledge. My speech wasn't eloquent. I had no fancy words. I wasn't defending the program. I didn't want you to know anything other than Jesus Christ and him crucified. And we wonder if the church today got a hold of that message again. It's the power of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. And we scrap all our sicker friendly and gazars and gimmicks and gimmicks and just get back to the preaching of the cross. Paul says it's Christ that matters. It's Christ that came to die for you. It's Christ that took your place. It's Christ that suffered on the cross. It's Christ that took your sin on him and put his righteousness in you. That's the gospel. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners that are lost. So Paul says, I didn't want to press you with that. I want your faith to stand on the power of God. I want your faith to stand in him, not in men's wisdom. I discovered earlier when I was young, there's no point in trying to argue people into the kingdom, you know, because they might convince them from you, well, then they'll meet somebody more clever than you who argued them out of it. Bible says God is not discovered by knowledge or man's wisdom. Paul says this gospel is not of man. It came by revelation. It's God's master plan. He planned it from before the world began. He planned your salvation. He planned to send Jesus for your redemption. So don't get caught up. I put it, I feel sorry for young people today, they get bad. They go to school and they're taught it's a myth. They're taught it's fairy tales. They're taught it's not relevant today. It isn't binding, that's their culture, and that's what they're raised in. The Corinthians faced the same conflict. They were bombarded with the philosophers of Greek. And Paul said, don't let undermine your faith. We have no need. We have absolutely no need to be intimidated by the worldview. Let's put it in this perspective. First of all, the worldview is ignorant. So you should be guided by ignorance. Why are they ignorant? Well, the Bible says that ignorant of the things of God. For the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit, for the spiritually discerned. Neither can he know them and their foolishness stuff. God goes further, he says, they have decided not to retain God in their knowledge. Therefore, God gave them over to their reprobate mind. To do the things that are not convenient. The reprobate mind is the rejected mind. God gave them over to the rejection. So we don't need to be intimidated by them. We don't need to be impressed by them. We don't need to fear for them because we have the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. We're not building our lives on fairy tales. We're building our lives on fact. No. Our faith is based on the fact of Jesus Christ. It is a verified, vindicated fact that Jesus was born, that he lived, 
that he was crucified, that he rose again, is well documented and verified. You can trust it. But not only that, you can discover it for yourself that Jesus was. He says, call upon me, he says. Just call upon me. So I'm knocking at your door and I'll come in and save you. So that's the conflict of the area in which Paul's been. Paul founded this church and his mistress, Paul, Timothy and Silas, spent 18 months to two years founding this church. Then he had to leave. And he was away for 18 months. In other words, he was away as long as he'd been there. And he was hearing reports. How did I get away? He was concerned that they might move on and grow. He says, I came to you with the gospel and you heard it because you received it by the demonstration of the Spirit. You got something. No. Now he says, I want you to move on. Have you got a point here? I think, yes. Yeah. Paul says that. Four things in his letter I want you to know. I want you to know. Yeah, move. Oh. I want you to know Christ. I want to know your faith stands in power, not in work. And I want you to know that God, all that God has planned for you, and I want you to be spiritual, not carnal. That's the package in the letter. That's what I want you to know. So the first thing he says, I want you to know the power of God. You see, I don't want you to build your life on theory, doctrine, speculation. You're meant to walk in it and experience it. This is the man who not only hears the word, but does the word. It's real. You've got to take the promises of God and prove it. <laughs> you have said, Lord, then do it. And he's not a man that he lies, but he keeps his word. So this word power, let's put it in perspective. In John 1 verse 12, it says, To as many as receive Christ, to them he gives the power to become children of God. Now in that verse, the word power is translated authority. The Greek word there is for authority. He gives you the authority to become a child of God. In Romans 1.16 it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And the word power, the Greek word there is dynamis, from which we get enemy. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the dynamic Power of God and the salvation. The trouble is, many Christians settle for the wrong power. <laughs> like most controversies in the Bible, it's not either a lie or it's both. It's authority and power. Folks, some say, Well, I'm satisfied. The authority is the word of God, and I built my life in the word of God, and that's my power. <laughs> but the letter counts. It's the spirit that gives life. Paul says, I want you to know the power and the demonstration. I want you to know that God's working in your life. It's the faith and the authority. It's those who grasp the authority <laughs> that are able to exercise the power. Peter came to the lame man and says, That which I have, 
That's authority. That which I have, I give you. That's the power. Rise up and walk. So we need to grace them. God has identified it. Now, don't do it alone. You see, God takes the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And that was because he takes a stupid wee fella and he makes him a preacher. <laughs> but he takes you and he makes you speak the wisdom of God. Why? He says, that it might be known. It's not you. I mean, God expects us to do things that we're like that. Just as said of Jesus. Where did he get this learning? He didn't go to college. God. God wants to work in your life such a way that he gets the glory. Not you. I want you to know the power of God. And he goes to me before says, I wanted to speak to you. It's spiritual. But you're still calm. I wanted to give you strong meat, but you're still babes. Peter says when you're born again as a new Christian, as newborn babes, you desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby. But Paul says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. But when I became a man, I put away to all these things. When you're born again of God and you become a new Christian, you start off like naturally, it's a baby, but you grow. You grow from the milk to the strong meat. You grow in understanding of God. You grow in the experience of God. Your faith increases. I want you to have strong faith, but you're yet calm though. What does that mean? It certainly means this. It says you're more fleshly. You're more natural than you are spiritual. The Bible says we have no continuous city. We're on our way to heaven. No, we're pilgrims here, but we don't live as pilgrims. <laughs> we dig in. We dig in. We want the best of the world and the security of heaven. We don't want to be too different in case people think we're queer. We want to blend in. And we shrink back from the spiritual and let the Holy Spirit rule our lives. It's like the holiday mentality. What kind of holiday do you like? Do you like bed and breakfast? Some people say, I like bed and breakfast because you can have the breakfast and then the day's your own. You do what you like. Now, people say, Well, I like ah, bored. I like to have a good day, do all I want, and then just come at night and get fed. I will say I like the all-inclusive. So Christianity like that? I just like the bed and breakfast. I like to know I'm safe. I like to do what I like. I like to be the ruler of my life. <laughs> Jesus wants to be Lord. Not just your Savior. He wants to lead your life. Be in charge of your life. Direct your life. Because his will and his way is better than yours. So I go for the half more job. I'm in and I'm not in. You can't serve two masters. There's no such thing as say, Lord Jesus, and then say no. Paul says, God has a 
redeemed your salvation. God has called you to be a saint. God has plans for you that will blow your mind. So the only way is to be all inclusive, all for Jesus. No holding back on yours. You think of it another way. He says, well, the river life, some people like to paddle. Other people get up to their waist and have a bit of struggle. Others just abandon themselves to the water and swim. Need to learn to let go and let God put him in charge. And Paul says, listen, there's more to come. There's more to come. Don't sell for what you have. Hebrew says, it's time to put away the other empty things and go on to the deep things of God. To know him and his way. It's time to receive what God has planned for you. That's what Paul says, I want you to know all that God has planned for you. Paul says, I want to I want to lay hold of that of which Christ has laid hold of me. What says I live? I know I, for Christ lives in me. The beauty is, you know, that you become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things pass away, all things become new. What a difference. Paul says, listen, the half not yet been told. You think you know that? Paul says to the people like me that are long in the truth, be careful when you think you stand lest you fall. For we don't yet know the half of it. All prophecy is only in part. We see through a glass darkly. Paul says, I'm not even arrived yet. I'm still striving for more. The half has not yet been told. I've got one of these smartphones, smarter than me. It tells me where I've been, tells me the weather, tells me all sorts of things, gives me a fright at times. But I don't know how to use half the stuff in it. I've been a Christian for 60 years. And there's facets of God that I haven't even caught yet. There's always more. Don't sell. He said, don't sell for the elementary things. Push on. Push on. The message says this. No one's ever seen or heard anything like this. Never so much as imagined anything quite like it. But God has arranged for those who love him. Don't settle for the mediocre. Don't settle for the world's tinsel. Not for eternity. You've only got to be short life here, but you've got forever there. God says, listen, you have seen and heard it because God by his spirit has brought it all out into the old. 
And that was yoga testing. <laughs> You've discovered the truth. There's more to three square wheels in the bed. There's more to life. But to tell the life. And Jesus came to reveal it. Much more to come. Then someone up this letter. Paul says, I want you to know Christ. It's not a theory. It's not a code of ethics. It's a person. Who says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be closer than a brother. The person says, I took your sin on the cross. That you may be free. I died that you may be reconciled to God. That the sin may be dealt with. And you could stand before God accepted and righteous. I want your faith to stand in power, not in philosophy. In other words, I want you to experience God. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. I know whom I have believed. I'm his, and he's mine. I want you to know all that God has planned for you. You know that God's got a plan for your life? It says, God has ordained good work for you to do. Paul's anxious that the people that might know the will, the perfect will of God, because his ways are better than our ways. I got converted when I was 17, and I discovered Jesus is a far better master than Satan. And finally, I want you to, I want to speak to you of spiritual things, not as babes. The work of the Holy Spirit is to lead you and guide you in all truth. You know that voice behind your ear says, This is the way. Walk in it. I'm not to the left, not the right. It's that voice that pricks you and convicts you, ah, public conscience. And leads you into your truth. So let me convince you and finish it. Four things, please. Go beyond the elementary. Don't paddle. If you've been evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father give the Holy Spirit? Don't settle for worldly. Go for poor. Go from the milk to the strong meat. There's a natural man doesn't understand the things of God. But you're different. You're of the Spirit. And God reveals his mysteries to you. And Paul talks of mysteries. He's not talking about things you can't understand. He's talking about that which is now revealed in Christ Jesus. And go from being carnal. He that is mindful of the flesh is death. He that is mindful of the spirit brings life. Well, I, take, I hope you'll take time to go over this passage on your own 
and let it speak to you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have planned the salvation before the world began, Lord. You knew, Lord, what we man would take. And you initiated a plan. So loved the world that you gave your only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank the Lord that in Christ Jesus you have reconciled us and given us a spirit of adoption whereby you we can cry, Abba, Father, adopted and brought into your family, the household of faith. We thank you, Lord, that we have a gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus. So receive our thanks, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds to your leading, that we might indeed walk in the Spirit as a demonstration to the world of your goodness, your power, your grace, and your glory. In Christ's name, amen. amen.